You have located Geekfest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. By my past. But now I have a mission. I will do what needs to be done. Who are you looking for? Someone who has no one else to help her. Find the truth. What have you gotten yourself into, Jean-Luc? <laughs> everybody and welcome once again to Geekfest Rant. My name is Carlos Perone and joining me today I have Steve Folks who is going to help me put together our final review or our final section of our review of Short Treks. Star Trek Short Treks, we've uh, reviewed a number of them up to this point and now we're going to continue with the rest of them. One of them being the last one being the kind of springboard into the new Star Trek Picard series and we do have our first review also of the first episode of Star Trek Picard. Completely brand new show, we've been looking forward to it for a while and uh, we finally got a chance to watch it and we're going to let you know all about it right now. Television is not the truth. Television is an amusement park. Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom-killing business. All right, so we're going to jump right into Short Treks. The first one, or the newest one that we've seen, was called Ask Not. And this is a third... I guess you could call addition into the Pike universe, if you will. We talked about, you know, last time about the very first two that were very funny, very different. We, I've never seen something like that before, you know, for them, you know, going so strong with the comedy. This time around, not much comedy. It was a more of a serious one. We're, we're still in the Pike universe, so we're still dealing with that, those stories. <laughs> the Pike verse. The Pike verse. There you go. Now, for some reason, and I and I have ideas why, I did not have as good a reaction as I've had before, not only to Short Treks, but just to Star Trek in general. Why don't you tell me a little bit of what, what you remember of the story? Okay, so, and like you said, as the first two were not comedy-based, but they were definitely more lighthearted, I, I think the reason why I, I liked this one a lot more was because it, it seemed more now we're getting to more of a grounded reality here, so... So it starts out with basically we see a young cadet, uh, I believe her name is Sidhu, and she's on Starbase 28. And basically she, she's been working in the engineering department. And so which is already, I, I saw her, like, I, think, I think I saw her with like the, um, the red shirt. I was like, oh boy, she's not going to end well with her. <laughs> you realize quickly that something has happened. There's been some sort of attack. 
and these two other officers come in, security officers come in, and they present a hooded man to her, basically a prisoner, and they tell her, they issue an order to her, telling her to, you know, keep this guy in check, basically, keep him in, you know, keep him in this room, don't let him go, whatever he says, just guard him, we'll take care of things that are going on outside. So we get the feeling that there's, there's something going on, there's some big attack or something. She agrees. And she said, but why, you know, basically what, you know, what's with the, what's with the mask? Why is this guy, you know, just take off his mask already? So they tell her, you know, they don't want someone of her rank to see who it is that, that's been, you know, taken mm-hmm. prisoner. Mm-hmm. So eventually they do. They take off. I believe he, maybe he takes it off himself or they take it off for him. Yeah. And yeah. it's revealed to be, which I saw coming. I, I knew. Yeah. I, once I saw the yellow shirt of the prisoner, well. I was like, oh, okay, I think <laughs> I know who, what they're going for here. But uh, it, it's Captain Pike who's been, you know, handcuffed basically. Which is something out is kind of weird in Star Trek, but uh, and so the guards tell him, okay, keep him in custody. We're gonna go, I guess, you know, take care of the situation, and they leave her alone, which is a silly thing to do, um, with the captain <laughs> in a locked room. So uh, basically, um, and immediately, and I, 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 one of the things I love is just how like the the man is in handcuffs, and, and he he's he's basically you know. You know, in custody, and he immediately says, "Okay, let's do this." No, such a pipe thing. You know, automatically just take command of the situation, even though you're in handcuffs, you're in custody, you've been arrested, <laughs> and, and you know, this is probably something you know most people would be you know ashamed about, or they wouldn't be so you know you know on the ball to to have a, a plan ready to go. So, so he tells her to, okay, you know, let's get on with this. You know, release me. We'll get out of here and we'll, you know, put this whole thing to bed. And so she immediately is in this really bad position now where she is trying to, she wants to follow. Because obviously we have some inkling that she knows who Pike is and she respects him. But she also was just given yeah. direct orders from her own, you know, specific um, higher ups to, you know, to guard this guy. So uh, basically, the whole episode goes by with Pike trying to convince her to release him and so they can get out of here. Or she doesn't. He's basically going to either write her up or put her under court-martial later on when he does get out. Right, and he knows that her, I guess her, her husband or her significant other has been assigned to the Enterprise, right. but she wasn't assigned to the Enterprise. She was assigned to a different ship. And, you know, there's a little drift there. There's a little, like, problem with the fact that she's being kept away from from her significant other and and as a result of this she might never see him again because whatever weird attack they're under you know that might be the end of him right or her. right and I, I think the husband was was assigned to the um to the other ship i, I think the husband was on the the husband okay. was on the bowman and she was on the enterprise okay and, and but yes yeah, so, i mean the whole the whole episode is basically them going back and forth trying to see if pike can basically bend her to yes. get what he wants, basically, and that's to be released, and so they can, you know, get on with trying to basically get out of there and sort of, I won't say, you know, continue a mutiny, but sort of, I guess, apprehend the ship and take, you know, regain control of it. So, and she, she's very resistant. She's saying, you know, no, Captain, take a seat. You know, you know, uh-huh. she, she's very stalwart. She, she's sticking to her guns here. And she has she actually draws a phaser on him. Uh, she draws a gun yep. on him, which is you know that's pretty that's pretty ballsy already there. If you're gonna draw a gun on not only the superior officer but the, you know, the captain of the, the the Enterprise, so um, and you can tell this is just like you know I'll give credit to the actress. She you can tell like this is a 
pretty bad situation to be in. She's not, you know, she, she's disobeying one way or the other. She's going to be dis- disobeying a direct order from either one of her superiors. So they're going back and forth, and he, Pike is trying to pressure her into saying, you know, release me. And the voices are escalating. They're busy now shouting at each other to see if he can get her to bend. Which, again, is, is not a situation where you really see in Star Trek a lot. You don't really see a lot of direct confrontations between a captain in this type of scenario. You know, it, 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 mm-hmm. a captain and a lesser officer where he's basically... I do, I do believe there's been a, there's a few, like, holodeck you know, times where, you know, they, they've tried you know, things like this. But this... Not to spoil the ending, but this it felt so very, very real, you know, on the... Uh, more based on reality, which is I, I really loved. It, it, it was uh, so, so. I'm curious to hear here actually. What didn't you like about it? What, what sort of? Um... Well, let's go. Let's take it all the way to the end because we do spoil things here. We, 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 we go all the way to the the end, and so at the end, it turns out that. Go ahead. Uh, yes, it turns out that so no surprise, surprise. It, it was a training simulation. It was because she won't release him. She no, does yeah, not yeah, release yeah. him at the end. She, she she sticks to her guns, and she and she basically you know says. No, I'm sorry. I will sacrifice my career as a Starfleet officer, but um, I was given a direct order, and I'm going to, you know, hold you accountable to it. Right, and and we find out that that uh, I guess I guess her 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 husband is also now assigned to the same ship, so they're not splitting yeah, them yeah. up. And that this is a, like you said, it's a simulation. It's some kind of test that he's giving, uh, I guess, his crew. Uh, because they're going into some, I guess, mission that he wants to make sure everybody's, you know, uh, on the same level of trust. Yeah, yeah. And and we see at the end, we see um, we see Spock and uh, and Number One. So th- this is definitely after she was brought on board with Spock and Number One already assigned to the Enterprise. So she's joining their crew now. So. Right. Um, and, which obviously she passed the uh, the, the training uh, exercise. She passed here. the test. Now I believe. She's engineering, correct? Uh, I believe so, yeah. So she is the precursor, I guess, to Scotty. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if she's a chief engineer. She's probably just one of the crew, I would assume. Oh, okay. That's possible. But I, again, I don't even remember if Scotty ever made it from Pike's time. Yeah, or yeah. I don't, Well, that doesn't matter. This, this, in this show, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I guess they, they could do whatever they want. Okay. I had three problems with this episode. The first problem was that the second I saw him brought in i'm like this is a simulation this is a test and i'm like damn it i i already know what's going on here and and it, everything unfolded exactly like i thought it was going to unfold there was no surprises for me at all because again it was like damn it this is exactly what i thought it were going to do <laughs> my second problem and i talked about a little of this um during the last time we talked about short tricks yeah, we talked about how I don't like musicals, and whenever people do musicals, I'm out. It's it, they, it brings me out. Yeah, I, I start subtracting points. My other pet peeve is when actors are acting like they're acting. So when I see an actor who's playing a character, and that character has to act, it takes me out because I'm like, well, wait a minute. You can't be that good of an actor if you are a character. So you're, in other words, you're showing me how good of an actor you are, not how good of a character you are. So the fact that Pike was delivering his lines, you know, oh my God, we got to do this, we got to do I'm like, he's acting. I'm watching, not the actor, I'm watching Pike acting. So it's like, damn it, now, 
you've ruined it a second way now. I'm now I'm watching an actor that's, act. That's, that's, an that's, actor's, that's a very and, meta complaint, by the way. That's oh it. yeah, and I hate that. I whenever it happens on any TV show or movie, I'm like, I hate it because actors are very good actors. You never see an actor acting bad because they're good actors. <laughs> so. That's why he was so good because he's an actor. He can act well. well he, he, he's, and it's he, like, are all captains this good? Well, he's so good because he's you know? Pike. I mean, he's just good at everything. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, that was the that was that was another thing that bugged me uh, about it. Got it. I got it. I got it. And and the third thing is that the Enterprise. Which I believe this size Enterprise has like what five hundred crew. It's not like the uh, next gen that has a thousand. I-, I don't remember. I think it's much smaller. Right. Are they conducting five hundred tests like this to every crew member with Pike like, acting? Holy it's crap! Pike acting in each one. <laughs> oh my god, this guy's gonna be exhausted. By the t- they're never gonna get out of uh, you know whatever start base they're on if they're gonna perform this little this little game on everybody. It's like really. So they did. Why didn't they do that for Spock? You know why didn't they do that for? So, yeah, I mean, it seems kind of weird that you would go so out of your way. To, and, 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 and what bugs me also is that we don't know what this threat is that requires them to do this little exercise. You know, is there some big threat that, that we're supposed to know about? Is it uh, or is this just like normal? Hey, we're going out for a run, for a run. Uh, let's do these tests now on all our crew. So I don't know. It's I. I I'm not a fan of this episode. <laughs> well, so, because from right here, it, 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 it sounds like you're getting really caught up in, in, in the whole like logistics of it. But the, I, what I can say is, <laughs> is he might be only doing this for like his like away team, where he needs people around him that are going to be like, immediately in his, you know, like, like he, he he might he might not do this. for... Well, she's an engineer. Odds are the engineer is never going to well, leave the. You, you uh, still the have to register to leave the Enterprise. And, 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 and see uh, it's not about the shirt. It's about your job. You know, they're not. They don't just throw a red shirt. It's like anyone wear a red shirt, get out. No, it's. You know, security teams to go out there. You know, well, and also with with, I mean, they could have done this with Spock. You just didn't see it. But 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 with <laughs> um, with, uh, I know with the shorter checks. Again, these are fifteen minute episodes, so they have to cram. They, yeah. they they can't like go you know way too crazy with this with the backstory here. So, the, the, I you know what it is. I've seen a lot of episodes on all all versions of Trek where they do the simulation. I just I've been binge watching a next gen and there's easily three episodes oh. where they do a simulation of an attack and everybody's pretending to die. Star Trek two oh, yeah, you the have opening, the whole yeah. Kobayashi Maru uh, it's like so it's like, oh god, he, okay, I get it. We're all gonna pretend we're under attack and then cutscene, everyone's okay, <laughs> open the door, lights come on, they're oh, how'd you do? I did pretty well, you know, that kind well, of stuff. With this I, I feel like it, I, I enjoyed it only because it was Sort of more of a character focused. Were you surprised? Did you did, did you not fall oh, no. for it? Did, did you? Oh no, no. no. I, I by the end I knew it was a simulation, but I felt it it was a well. First of all, I knew it was Pike from right from the start, and second of all, and second, oh, second, yeah, second yeah. I I knew it was a simulation, but I, I felt like it was going to be um which what it was more of like a character focused simulation, not like something that's um. Uh, how do I describe it? Not something that's like more tactical or anything, but more of like a study on her specific reaction. So I, I didn't think of it as more of like a holodeck type thing where you know the, the lights would come on and everything. And and it played out as pretty much what I expected it to be just just a, just a more of a, a thought experiment training exercise rather than just it being like this big bridge level holodeck. I'll tell you how you 
how you make this episode better. At the end, she passes the test. And unbeknownst to Pike, she's some kind of weird alien creature that is there to do some something bad. But we don't know what happens next. So you give it a twist so that you're like, oh, crap, this... This test should have been done, or this test, there should have been something to make her a little more than exactly what we thought well, she was going to be. Well, in that case, I think, you, I think you need more than 15 minutes for that. Or ten, no, no, this, this yeah, wasn't even, that's not This wasn't even 15 minutes. You, 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 I don't know if you noticed the time. This was under 10 minutes. It, it was like nine minutes. Yeah, it really? was like nine minutes and oh my God. it was like nine minutes and something. So it, it, it was pretty short. What about the my my point of are, how many people are do you think are being tested like oh, this? Oh, well, like I said, it has, it has they probably only do it for like, Pike probably like handpicks people or something like like w- w- like specific people he wants in specific scenarios, and maybe the rest of them are like you know tested you know maybe by some lesser person or whatever. But it it, it, it seems like maybe he he would you know handpick a certain you know bunch of people to test them himself and get a few of them, so he knows who he's serving with. Maybe like some other random guy was tested by you know a lesser mm-hmm. a lesser lieutenant or something. Hmm. Well, I'm going to, just like my issue with Star Wars The Last Jedi, I'm going to watch it a couple more times to see if it if it grows on me a little bit, if, it, if I warm up to it. Uh, but I did like at the end, they showed us a little teaser for the next two that are the animated ones. So that was kind of neat to be able to see yeah, what's coming. Yeah, I, I like the animation style. It, lo- it, lo- it, lo- it looks Two different yeah, types of animation. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like how it is very diverse. It, it looks really good. I, I, if they... If they if they keep this animation style for the animated series that they're going to be doing, I really, really like the way it looks. Uh, I have my doubts. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be like that low production each episode, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, the second one, which is really number four, if you're you know kind of staying in order of how these things came out, is called Ephraim and Dot. I think Ephraim, something like that. And what's unusual about this one is that now we're in the realm of these animated ones that we kept talking about that it's different this time around because they're going to throw some weird ones at us. Another thing that's a little odd about this one, it's directed by Michael Giancchino, which is he's a score he's a composer. He's he does the he's done music for Star you know the Star Trek films and I never knew that he was interested in maybe directing because he is the director of this animated short. Yeah, and this is, I mean, what a better way to sort of, you know, jump into if you're, if you're going to be in that sort of like experimental, you know, <laughs> you're sort of new to it. I mean, it's a great way. These short tracks are a great way to jump into it. And as well, the fact that yeah. it's animated, so it's a little more lighthearted. So, you know, people won't be so, you know, how Trek fans get sometimes where they get a little bit critical. Really? So, never heard so. of that. <laughs> uh-uh, not me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, never. But uh, this is this is a great you know a great way to 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 you know get his start really. Yeah. Well, what's a little uh, unusual about this, and again, because we knew there were animated ones, and we weren't sure exactly which route they were going to take with animation. We know, and we talked about the fact that there is an animated show coming, an actual uh, yeah, lower decks lower decks uh, show that looks very kiddish to me, and you know from yeah. what I've, the pictures I've seen are very kiddish. And, and these two next episodes we're going to talk about are completely different in style from what we think is coming down the line. This particular one, I would kind of say style-wise is more, I don't know, maybe like kind of like Disney Channel-ish looking in terms of the silly nature of at least the, uh, the creature that we're following in the story. Even though we do see some weird classic stuff on the background. 
<laughs> yeah, in fact, if um, if you are familiar with the show Resistance, Star Wars Resistance, uh-huh. um, the animation is is not the same, but it's almost there to that point where yeah. it's very like like there's a there's an animation um, design called cell shading that they use in a lot of video games, and um, okay. and this, this was popular years ago, back in like the uh, the GameCube era. They would have they would have this like art style where it's like cartoony, very cartoony, but very flat. And has like a like a very like bright and vibrant colors, but it's very sort of like flat, like two D ish. To me, it reminds me a lot of the old Lilo and Stitch uh, animated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Style. Just not as just not very as silly. Um, yeah, very yeah. Very silly, very very colorful. Yeah, but again, this is weird because they mix some very kind of realistic stuff in the background. Yeah, the, the, in fact, if you watch this, like, and I didn't expect this actually. If you watch this this, this short track here, it, it's 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 actually like a sort of um, one big homage really to the TOS. Like, to like classic, it, it takes yeah. it takes you on like a whirlwind of like a whirlwind of like random episodes in TOS. But uh but it, it, it was it, it's it, it looks I I really like the animation style here because it's not too over the top. But it's still like sort of like wonky Tom and Jerry type, like cartoonish yeah. type feel right. to it. it. It's, it's very silly at times, and and it kind of it's weird because it starts off almost as a as a do, as like an old nineteen fifties documentary yeah, yeah. Which film. I loved. And and the narrator to me sounded so much like Spock. It had his like the gravelly voice that's, yeah. that that Nimoy would have. I know it's not him. I know they used a a different uh, sound alike. I guess, but. It's like wow, that sounds so Spockish, <laughs> and it's basically the film is explaining to you the life cycle, I guess, or the evolution, or the or or the reproduction of the tardigrades. Which, again, if you're watch Discovery, that's a very important oh yeah plot element. And now they're giving us, you know, where these things come from in terms of how they start. Let's say well, it was funny. Like you, I, I can imagine the pitch they had to get to short trick done. Like, all right, let's explore the life cycle of a tardigrade. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't exactly sound thrilling, but you know, it's animated. It's very like Looney Tunes ish at times. And they have and, and uh, the other sort of character in this is the uh, the dot. Um, I, I forget the it's like the dot. Like it's a number after I forget the name the, the number, but it's like a uh, it's, it's one of those. One of those robot type repair droids that we actually see yeah. in Discovery. Like, oh, really? Yeah, remember, remember, remember oh, in, wow. in in the last season of Discovery, th- these things. Everyone sort of made fun of them for it, but they came up out of the Enterprise because the Enterprise was in that battle <laughs> with the um. With, it took some damage. It took like fire to its hull, and like these little I'm droids gonna to, popped I'm up. I'm gonna have to look for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these little droids popped up and started repairing the the ship. Well, speaking of, uh, of of the the Enterprise again, a- as we're getting this funny, very kiddish, entertaining cat and mouse kind of chase between the robot and trying to get the the, the tardigrade out of the ship because I guess it seizes as some like a contaminant or something. The tardigrade is trying to lay some eggs and actually lays some eggs. But while this is happening, well, this back and forth chase scenes, it seems as if this is taking years to happen yeah. because. <laughs> Of the fact that we see, not only are we aboard the original Enterprise, but we see through a window Spock and Kirk talking to Khan from Space Seed. Yep. It's like, what? Yeah, I love that. Once I saw, you know, the medical bed he was on, and you see the, and uh-huh. you see the classic conversation between the two, I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. And then it goes further, where they have, like, all these, you know, sort of scenes. And the way yeah. it's done is it's shot through, like, uh, like you said, it, it 
obviously takes place through years. Even right. though we don't really know how long. Well, we see the destruction. I mean, if we go through it, I have it right here. We see Tribbles being uh, coming out of like one of the doors. We see Sulu without the shirt and the, the, the yeah. sword from that episode. <laughs> so, okay, we're still in OT. We see a giant green hand from from one of the episodes where I guess there was like I guess I don't remember too well, but there was a giant green hand like the size of the ship or something. There was this cone looking ship. Uh, I forget the name of that episode too. Obviously, we see this weird grid. To me, it reminded me of uh, of Next Generation, but I guess they must have had some kind of grid bad guy uh, in the original. And you see Lincoln, I guess from what from that Lincoln yeah. episode, which is like okay. But then you see the Wrath of Khan battle between the Reliant and the Enterprise. So it's like, wait a minute, we're jumping forward a lot. And then towards the end, when the, sh- the the Enterprise is blowing up as a result of the Klingon ship from, I guess, Star Trek Three, I imagine. So yeah. you're talking uh, yeah, that's a, right. a, a long chunk yeah, of time. Yeah, right, that's right. <laughs> and which is really, I, I mean, I guess those tardigrade eggs take quite some time to hatch, really. <laughs> I guess. And it's a cute, I mean, it's a cute... Story. It's, again, it's a very kiddish story where the, the robot at the end saves all yeah. the eggs from the exploding ship, and then they're kind of friends at the end. They're all friends. And again, another thing that really stood out to me was the music. They did so much good originals, like 60s sounding music, you know, the original Star Trek theme and all that jazzy sounding kind of stuff right on on this episode yeah and and the, the audio just matched the vi- visuals so much and it, not even yeah. like the um the the star trek sounding kind of themes they had like this sort of like wonky again like, again I, the closest i can think of it is more like a tom and jerry sort of mm-hmm. wacky you know yeah, yeah oh yeah it, it goes back yeah. and forth between the crazy wacky stuff and the and the classic star trekky stuff so that's they did a really good yeah, job yeah and i was that. surprised because you know after and i do it to myself i guess <laughs> after i watch these things no i something especially something like this where i was really like oh that's that was really cute like it was it was you no know, nothing serious it was just a simple cartoon show. Then yeah. I, so I go online to check, of course, you know, the, what anyone else is thinking about it. People are like, oh, that's not canon. They can't have, like, that couldn't have happened. <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, it is an animated short, you know, for, it's yeah, like, relax, it's really everybody. not I mean, it's cool to pick it apart and see, you know, what the, what the artists and animators did and what they were sort of going for. But you can't really just take that sort of mentality and go into it. No. Now, one little bit of trivia associated with this episode that I, you know, when, I, when they started rolling the credits, and granted, there are no, like, a lot of the voices are, are directly, you know, lifted from episodes. So you hear Shatner's voice because they lifted it right from the episode, you know, yeah. stuff like that. That's what I figured. The narrator, yeah. like I said, he, he's, a, he's a voice guy. He's completely different. I'm not too familiar with his name. But the computer voice, here's where it gets funky. The first name, when the show is over... You see Janet Goldstein. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Janet Goldstein. If you're a fan of Aliens, she was Vasquez. She was also in Terminator 2. She's on a, she was on a lot of stuff. So apparently, I guess she does a lot of voices now, too. And she, she's playing the computer oh. voice, which is something that, that Roddenberry's wife uh, right. used to do until she passed. And I guess maybe now this is maybe her job now. Maybe they gave her the computer voice for all the incarnations of the Enterprise computer That voice. is really cool. I didn't know that. And, and he's, uh, I, yeah. as, as big as an Aliens fan that I am, I, and I love Vasco. She, she, Vasco, <laughs> Vasco is like my favorite character in Aliens too. I love how, how yeah. badass she is. So I, I had no idea she, yeah, yeah. she does I mean, voice acting now. That's great. It's incredible where some of these actors start showing up. It's, I mean, the Animated voice, you know, voiceovers and animated voices and narrations, that's a whole other world of entertainment that not only do you have original 
artists, you know, original voice talent, but then you have the crossover actors that are very well known, like the super big gigantic ones, and then the kind of medium ones that, you know, right, hop back and forth. And I, I couldn't tell it was her by watching the show, by listening, but then when I saw the name at the end, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. So I started uh, digging around and there it is. It's like, okay, uh, I'm not crazy. It is, it is her. I, mean, I, I know that. I'm like, <laughs> I know that name. You know, I, I remember it's like after Aliens came out, I'm like, I'm one of the few people who recognizes that name whenever it shows up on any TV show or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> now, the second episode, you know, in the list of episodes is the secondary animated one. Now, this one's called The Girl Who Made the Stars. And... It is completely different, again, style-wise, as far as animation goes. To me, I would say it's very Pixar-ish, how the look of the character, the way the character talks, the way the character acts. The lead character is basically Michael, uh, as a little girl, talking to her dad, because she's I guess she's afraid of the dark when she's going to sleep, she's getting nightmares or something or whatever. But one thing I noticed right away which I guess they, they must have done it on purpose, I think. Her dolly, oh, her yeah. little stuffed animal, yeah. is a tardigrade. And it's like, oh, wow, that's yeah. from the last episode in a way. Yep. It kind of crosses over. This was more of an original story. In other words, there is no crazy tie-ins to original anything. This is a straight story, but it's still a kiddie story, if you would. It's a, a fable. He's telling her the story of where the stars came from. So you get this um, kind of like a mythological story of ancient Africa and these tribes that they lived in the, you know, during the day, they were afraid of the, of the night and how this little girl, you know, dared to go beyond the day and, and go far to another place, which even in the story, even though this is, again, a, a mythological kind of story, they tie it into a very Star Trekky twist by her meeting this basically space alien uh, that to me looked like a lot like the uh, like some of the aliens from the abyss. Oh yeah, if you remember those <laughs> yeah, glowing yeah, those wind, with wings looking, type yeah. of things <laughs> that gives her a gift, and the gift is she cracks this like egg, and the egg all the stars come out, and then you have the creation. You know, it's like a, it's a creation story yeah. basically. It's a, it's a different kind of creation story, and that you know she's back home with her dad, and she's she feels I guess she's brave. She feels braver now. She's okay to go to sleep. But you do see all these. Uh, uh, now, what's also interesting is that even the the recollection of the story has a slightly different animation style. Also, in other words, the the narrators are this very. Pixarish looking style, but then the story itself takes on a different kind of story. It's very, it's almost like, um, I don't know, like cave paintings or primitive art. There's a lot of different angles to the faces and and the the uh, the way that they move and all that kind of stuff. So I think they tried to do two different things in that same episode. Uh, that's interesting. I, I, didn't, I didn't actually notice um, the the sort of switch. I, I saw once I saw like the the, the original like like when you like when little Michael is talking with her dad. I guess you know, it was very like you said very mm -hmm. Pixarish with like big eyes and the, the, except for the little girl. The little girl in both the the story being told and then the story being uh, shown looks a lot alike, but when you're dealing with the adults, it, it, it looks different. It looks a little different to me. And I mean, not incredibly different, but enough so that you know that this is this is the, the story and this is right. the reality. So there's a difference between the two. I mean, it's a pretty harmless story. Nothing really earth-shattering about it as far as yeah, I'm concerned. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I mean, it, 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 this out of all of them feels, and I don't yeah. mean it's actually in a bad way. Like it, it, it's not gonna, it sounds more negative than what I mean it to come out as, but it, it, this is probably like the least 
Star Trek feeling of yeah. all the short treks, but it, I just mean the fact that it's this story could apply, to, which is a good thing. It, this story could apply to any genre, really. I, I, it's more of like a, a you know a fable to yeah. you know inspire that you know you should face your fears and you know you don't have to always be afraid and you can be your own you know bringer of light, I suppose. And, you know, face, always you know don't meet any sort of resistance with hostility and things like that. So those sort of themes can apply. You know, even without the veneer of Star Trek. So, but you know, I still really enjoyed this. I I thought it was it it was very well animated. Um, it looked gorgeous. Like you said, even the, the creatures at the end look very abyss like. Uh, um, no, but it, it was. <laughs> That's yeah, what it yeah. reminded me of. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was really really great. It was a great way to end this sort of animated. I, I like the fact that we we got two versions of the animation. We got you know sort of the more traditional. And I know, I know the the Ephraim dot isn't hand drawn. Uh, you know, I would be fooling myself, right. but you know, it still is more of that traditional style. And we have, as opposed to this one, which is the more modern version of what we have with animation, where it's the more CGI, you know, special effects. So I'm glad that they, they balanced both of them. We got two, sort of two sides of the same coin, really. My only thing is that I wish, since they did decide to go the animation route, they're both kind of kiddie stories. Yeah. You know, overall, they're 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 yep. aimed at kids. Let's say. Not that an adult like myself would enjoy it, but it's it's that's where they're going for. I get it. I wish they would have done like an anime maybe kind of story aimed at adults. Something a little more, you know, in-universe, canon-wise, you know, straight. A straight, serious story. The type of story that would cost too much money, obviously, to make, you know, in, with real yeah. special effects. So take advantage of that and, and use it in a forum like animation where you can go completely crazy in terms of how how fantastical things could look but who knows maybe in the future there might be more yeah i mean so 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 we've gotten a more western traditional 2d animation with Ephraim dot we got this now mm -hmm. cgi animation so what you're saying yeah it sort of does add mm -hmm. up if, if next if they do it which we know they are they're going to do another series of these short checks of course maybe they will experiment with doing a more maybe more japanese a anime style and all i can keep thinking about is my one of my favorite anime of all time was akira <laughs> <laughs> so if, if they were able to pull you're, something like that you're, you're still lighting the candle every night right yeah. for the akira movie yeah. right yes okay i'm gonna light my candle it's coming one, one day, day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, not only with, with, with Discovery, but we know that they're coming up with more Star Trek related. I mean, we have Picard, Section 31, and there's, there's rumors of more stuff that they're trying to put in the pipeline. Who knows? Maybe each show would have its own set of short treks that they could, you know, because you have so many of these shows, yeah. they could give everybody, I don't know, four episodes and go crazy in terms of style, do things differently that they, they could experiment with. It's a perfect forum uh, to be able to experiment with something without committing to something, you know, for an actual TV show. Yeah, exactly. And I think that would fit their uh, business model, I guess, as well for CBS Access. Mm -hmm. Because uh, yep. remember, when, when these shows go off, you know, go up for their hiatus, there's always a gap between, you know, the next season, obviously. So if they can, like, stagger them and have these short checks for each one, they'd keep, keep people subscribed and, you know, give them something to, you know, to look forward exactly. to. So now the, I really hope so. Yeah, now the last one... I think it's more of a bonus one in terms of why they went for 10 this time around, where in the past, you know, they had only done a, a few. Like, the last time, I think they only did four. So, this one, as far as I'm concerned, had a lot of bonus episodes. And the last one is obviously, uh, as it was explained to us, it's a jumping off point for Picard. This is a story that 
is more about Picard than obviously Discovery. It's really nothing to do with Discovery. Yeah. It's called Children of Mars. And it's I really enjoyed it. And obviously I watched it before I watched Picard. And it's basically two girls that are about to go to school. And uh, one is human. The other one is not human. I, I'm not sure exactly what, what yeah, I don't know her race, what race yeah. uh, if it's been if it's been seen before, I don't know. But uh, from the beginning, they show you how these two girls, whether by accident or on purpose, it seems by it's it almost seemed like by accident to me that they they keep running into each other and and having conflicts with each other. One girl might have accidentally bumped one, so the other one gets angry and then she bumps her back on a different time. And then they keep kind of nudging each other back and forth while they're in school. Now what's happening is they're like in a they're like away in school because the parents are working in Mars doing different kind of jobs, but it's established that they're in two different locations. And as you watch this I would say the first half of the story, they're using uh, the song Heroes, and I believe it's a Peter Gabriel cover of Heroes. Yeah, uh, not my it, favorite rendition. I, I mean, I mean, I, at first I was like, is this Bowie or is this somebody? And it's, it's definitely somebody else. But for this presentation, I loved it. I think it worked perfectly how you're you're seeing these girls then and you're like, oh my God, this isn't going to end well. These two are going to kill each other. And eventually they get to a point where they're just, they're just swinging at each other and the teachers have to separate them and they're both kind of put on detention almost. Like they're sitting in two different areas looking in two different directions. And then all of a sudden the music changes. You know, the, the hero song ends and then you have this more serious dramatic kind of music where everybody's like uh, cell phones, future cell phones that have little holograms, um, uh, start playing like a news reel of Mars being what looks like to be, it's being attacked by these weird triangular looking ships, which I, again, I'm not familiar with these ships. Now, granted, we, we've both seen Picard and we're going to talk about Picard, but it definitely has something to do with what happened in Mars. Mars is being attacked. These ships are blowing stuff up. You know, news reels of people running and getting away. And uh, you see all different parts of the planet exploding, like explosions going off everywhere. And the girls, as they're, you know, shocked, stunned watching this on the news, on these hollow projectors all over the place, they kind of pan the camera down to their hands and they start holding hands, which is, again, it's very melodramatic and it's it's good for that in terms of even like the worst of enemies unofficial enemies you know they can become friends because of a a tragedy so you get this you know you get this very tragic kind of end to it which again this is a springboard for picard oh and there was there was one more thing i did notice during it is that there was like a, there's like a news uh, feed that as they're watching the news and you could read that they have a picture of Picard wearing a, a like an admiral uniform and it says Admiral Picard uh, reacts to attack. So yeah. you're like, OK, so, the, you know, the connections are being made. Uh, and I think it's a good it's a good little tease, you know, for this new show. Yeah. Like everything in theory about this, about this short track I liked. The one thing that threw me off was actually the music that like. I, I love the fact that you know, yeah, you know, we see these two girls on the opposite ends of the spec. Well, not really opposite ends of the spectrum, but they they obviously have some sort of contention, you know, among, uh, mm-hmm. between them. 
And I like the fact that, yeah, you know, there's this big sort of, you know, t- to us, this would be our September 11th, I guess, attack, you know, where yeah, you bring, get a little you know, of that. You get a little yeah, of that. It would bring someone to get, you know, it would bring these two kids together who, you know, obviously really has some heated words for each other. And, and so, uh, yeah, I, I love the fact that, yeah, it, it would show just an everyday life. And I, I love the fact that as well, we don't really see this. I mean, this is something that's, we, we always see characters in Starfleet mm-hmm. or in, you know, battles. Like we don't. We don't really. We, it's a rare time where we see like civilians. So I, yeah. I really like the fact that you know we see them in there in like a library. It's just. It's a very like down to no pun intended, but it's sort of down to earth. You know, uh, setting. But then the, the, the music just kind of kicked in. It sort of like it became very distracting for me. So it, like, like I'm not sure what I got. I, I thought you were going to start trying to send some sort of message using the song. You know, um, the heroes, but it didn't really come off that way for me but oh, wow. um yeah it, it just it just sort of distracted me a lot by it but um um I, in fact i love that so that's, that's one of my favorite bowie songs <laughs> but it just just the rendition of it was just so like uh, i don't know what you're trying here one thing i noticed and i don't know if it was an easter egg or not is that right before the attack or right before the the news comes on there are banners everywhere saying happy first contact day Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I wonder if when that has something stairs, to do yeah. with the attack. In other words, the attack was planned on first contact day. And that if that is symbolic of, of uh, you know, Earth opening its doors to the universe, you know, to the galaxy, which, again, we, we've seen the first epi- episode of Picard. We know a little bit about what the issue is, but not all of it exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I wonder if that's that was kind of like a little yeah, bomb yeah, they yeah, threw it at could us. Be. Yeah, because, because, I mean, something like that, it seemed like that, that that would have been a bit more than just like an Easter egg. That seems like yeah. that was pretty deliberate. And let me ask you, and just to wrap my wrap it up, my own take on it, it was, yes. it was yeah, it, it was a good episode. I, I really like the whole Picard time at the end. We see him, you know, on the on, on their version of CNN, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the visuals, though, the shipyard in the beginning looks so cool. Like just, just to give a, a bit of a shout out to the to the the visual effects in the, in the beginning, I love the way it looked. And that's directly from the show itself. I mean, I, I don't think that those scenes were specifically done for this. Short yeah, trick. Yeah, I think coming. those scenes of the ships, it came from the show yeah, itself. Yeah, probably, yeah. Let me ask you this, because I've been following the comic book series that led up to this, especially Picard 1, yeah. Yeah, I... I've, it doesn't seem like it ties in that much to what's going on now. I mean, if you think about it... No, it. I mean, again, without going too much into the Picard yeah, storyline... Yeah, we'll line, get to that um, later, but... This short trick doesn't tell you the full plot of Picard. Uh, it tells you that something happened in mars that affected everyone but you really don't know anything you don't know what shape picard is in mentally physically whatever you don't know the implications of other major players other major races that we do know just by watching the first episode of picard all we know is mars something happened at mars that people are freaking out so you know we can't really Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we, well, as I was reading the comics, I, I figured that the events in the comics would play a, a direct role in episode one of Picard. And again, we'll talk about this later. But it, it, yeah. I, I don't get that feeling that it does because the, the events in the comic book don't really seem to like. like there's a whole thing to do with like Romulans, but we'll maybe right, maybe we'll but, bring it up maybe in, in the next few. Well, not only yeah, but not only that, but again, having to do with the short trick. Oh, but there's nothing, no connection at all. at all. Yeah. So you know, we we don't get anything from yeah. that. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, 
this is it. This is what they give you. This is, uh, you know, they're counting down to the to the shows because we also have Discovery right up, right around the corner. Discovery is going to pop up soon. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to have two shows at the same time, you know, telling two different stories. Yeah, two, two different time far out. Discovery is what, now a thousand years plus. So it's, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how I mean, I, I'm wondering because these were shot probably no, I guess Ricard was probably shot earlier. I wonder if there's going to be anything that's going to show up in Picard that may show up later in Discovery, maybe some sort of like time or or something. But um, hey, if if there's ever a place to do a, a crossover, is science fiction and Star Trek is the oh, perfect yes. location. Oh, yeah, you can, yes, you can yep. get away with them. You can get away with murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we already kind of hinted at it uh, a little bit, let's just go right to Picard episode one. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do every single episode, you know, episode by episode. Maybe we'll take it in chunks or sections. But because it's the premiere, because we've been waiting so long for this, we, we had, like we mentioned a few minutes ago, a little tease with the short trek, with the Picard short trek. Uh, so now we have a first full episode. And after seeing so much Star Trek your entire life, from the original to next gen to DS9 to Voyager to Enterprise to Discovery, how does this look to you? So, for like, you know, we're going to get deep into it, but what's the snapshot from your point of view of, of this show? Uh, I think the overall snapshot is that it's 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 not it's different, but it's different in a way as sort of a. It's it's not as jarring, I guess, as some people felt with Discovery was because I guess mm-hmm. the aesthetics and the look of it. This feels, it looks like a TNG movie, but it's just it's just it's a very different take on it. It's not it's, it's not you know the quotal adage. You know, it's not it's not definitely not your old you're about Star Trek. It's it's a different look. It, it, it doesn't have the same sort of episodic feel like TNG has. It has a definite cinematic feel to it. But it, it looks it looks different, but it has it has obviously you know the same the same sort of like charm and, and vibe to it that a normal teen gypsy would uh-huh. have. What about you? What what did you think of it? Yeah, to me it's it it almost has like a little bit of everything. There's the very heavy TNG feel, but not so much the the clean, uh, you know, antiseptic starship. Yeah locale that we were used to with TNG here we're getting a little more of what I imagine is more like DS9 grittiness uh, at certain locations I mean when you walk into uh, any Starfleet environment uh, there's a section in the show where he's visiting these Starfleet pla- you can kind of tell this these places are clean beautiful super advanced but we're getting to see these other locations that are are more DS9 in my opinion now granted just like a few months ago, I was binge watching TNG and, and you know, I, I'd done episodes about the, you know, the action figures and we talked about this and we talked about that. Now I am almost done binge watching DS9 and I'm reading about it too at the same time. So I'm starting to see things I've never seen before. Uh, most of those original episodes, yeah. I only saw them once and then just moved on. Uh, I've never did any repeat viewings really consistency but the type of things that i think they were trying to go for at that time they wanted to flip the script you know to get away from what we were used to with dng and go darker and emotions that traditionally roddenberry didn't want to mess with that whole thing about you know, within the Federation, people shouldn't be arguing. They shouldn't have secrets. They shouldn't be conspiring with each, you know, against each other. 
which is exactly what they did with DS9. They kind of flipped the script a little bit. Here, in a, in a modern setting, just like Discovery, I think, they're very unafraid to go in that direction. You know, Picard is, he's he's a, a, a very yeah. um, depressed individual. Something happened that we're learning layer by layer that completely upended his life, had him go back to his roots, a place that originally he never wanted to even get near. But little by little, even in the original series, you know, he kind of was able to, you know, come to terms with it. And even I think in um, Generations, uh, they, they, they kind of approach that whole issue of the family and, and the, you know, the farm, the vineyards, and the whole thing with Data that we, you know, the last time we saw him was at Nemesis. You know, we're starting to get these little bits and pieces. One of the things off the bat that, that struck me, and we talked about this when we were talking about the, the trailers, and what I'm talking about is Patrick Stewart's acting. I was worried that he was kind of putting it on... <laughs> extra heavy the the old man yeah I was about to bring that up. Yeah. The, the the logan the the wolverine logan and i've been watching interviews with him lately and in a way sadly but i'm also happy in a way i'm sad because he is aging and i'm starting to see that character might be a little more true than than i wish he was I, you know again i always picture Picard as a 30, what, 5, 39-year-old guy. That, <laughs> and, and he was one of these weird actors that he always kind of looked old, yeah. older than what he was. Yeah. But then for the next 20 years, he stopped aging. Yeah, yeah. And now he's like kind of old and he's starting to catch up to his age. And it's, it's like, oh, no, no, you can't do oh, that. You, you have to be, yeah, you got to be, you know, young. Pic but again, you know, stupid me. I, you know, that's that's how I think. But in a way, I'm happy that that acting style or that portrayal of, of this individual, and again, granted, he's been giving a lot of baggage now in this show to kind of weigh on his shoulders. Not just his age, but this guilt and this uh, remorse that he has for whatever it is that the Federation did to abandon the Romulans in the middle of in the storyline, this, this mass exodus they were supposed to be helping them with, and then everything stopped because of something that happened in Mars. It is him. This this is the actor. I, I was under, you know, I was hoping that at a certain point he was overdoing it. This way, as the episodes progress, he will be acting and sounding younger. But no, this is this man at this age. And I, I like it. It's like I said, it's a little sad, but it's true. It's true to the character, I think. Yeah. And and who knows? I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing the first episode here. So there could yeah. be something that, you know, sort of gives him that extra spark where he sort of does kind of liven up. And I also think that it has to do with the fact that, you know, we're so used to seeing him in this, you know, in his regal uniform, very proper. Oh, yeah, so yeah. In this, in this first, at least again, it's just the first episode. He, he's more in a you know, sleepwear, we see him in a jacket, you know, it, it, it's, it's not... A lot of pajamas, yeah, yeah, a, lot, yes. a, lot, a, lot, a lot of exquisite-looking pajamas. Um, and, so I, I still think he carries himself very stately. He still has that charisma. Like, you can tell, like, he has that gravitas about him. But, yeah, you're right. He, he definitely does have a, a slightly diminished 
you know, kind of shadow of what he was, you know, had. He's walking with a cane yeah. in the beginning and stuff. You know, not not the whole show, but at least when he's in the vineyards, he's, you, you know, we kind of see him with the cane. And I'm like, oh, wow, does this mean he's going to ha- be walking with a cane the entire uh, show? But no, there's certain scenes where he's not. So I guess it depends. On one hand, I do like him because, you know, so far we've seen him only as like this, you know, the larger than life figure, you know, one of the best captains. And so it is good to see him remind us that, yeah, you know, he is human still, and he still has this life outside of Starfleet. And, you know, and he made his decision to abandon Starfleet, and this is obviously weighing on him. So it it might do well, actually, that he's, um, that he looks sort of more broken. But what I'm curious about is how the fans are going to react to this, because not not to cross the streams too much, but we've had a similar storyline sort of with Luke Skywalker and how he, how he was written as being older and sort of, you know, um, sort of turned his back on it's you know decisions he's made earlier. So I'm curious to see if, if you know after we see this whole thing play out, is the reaction going to be the same? Are people going to have that still sort of gut you know reaction to you know reject this as they did with a lot of what was done with Luke Skywalker? I don't know. It could go either way. But I mean, personally for me, again, Star Wars is fantasy. I know some people confuse it for science fiction. Definitely. It's not. It's fantasy. This is science fiction, but. The difference between Picard and Luke, I, I see a huge difference. One being more of a fantasy character, and the other one being more of a realistic character. You know, it's still science fiction, but he's, you know, Picard doesn't have any superpowers or force powers or anything like that. You know, so he's he's more of a a regular guy than Luke. I think, you know, there's more fantastical things surrounding Luke than than Picard, but you know. It's still the first episode, yeah, yeah. so we don't, I, you know, I have a feeling, and you, you even see the little trailer afterwards, that he is kind of reinvigorated and brought into an adventure, if you will. Not ex- It's not TNG, but it's, it's, it's him trying to figure out whatever this first season's mystery is. And off the bat in, with the episode, we, we learn through uh, an interview that he's giving like a reporter for the first time in a very long time, apparently, where we get the whole history of like like I mentioned earlier, apparently at some point, Romulus's uh, son went supernova. Which, in a way, I've been reading that it, it does kind of tie into the events of Star Trek, the JJ Star Trek, yep. the one with 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 Spock, where there was some catastrophe that resulted in Romulus uh, being obliterated or destroyed or something, and that the Federation at that time had committed themselves to helping evacuate the planet, but. Something happens in Mars, which we saw in the short trek, and we see it again here, where apparently uh, androids, some kind of androids that they have at this point in history, go rogue or something and start bombing different sites on Mars, which results in all of a sudden banning. And it's a, there's a little Blade Runner uh, a tinge in here. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. I got that. I'm like, oh, this is just a little Blade Runner in here. Yeah. Actually, now that you mentioned it, 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 it has that, that Blade Runner sort of story element to it. And also the visuals. Like oh, when, yeah. um, when, what's her name? I think it's Dodge. Not, it's not Dodge, but it's like Dodge. 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 Yeah. That's how they pronounce it. Yeah. When she's walking through the streets and it has it has like a very like neon oh, kind of glow, so I loved it. it looks so cool. It's, no, like, oh. it's all nor. It's all uh, you know, forties and, and modern sci-fi yeah. tech, well, tech nor or whatever they call it. You know, the, the futuristic yeah. version of it. it's all Blade Runnery looking. The cinematography is incredible. I mean, yes, it's the level of discovery incredible, but it, it's not just technologically incredible. It's 
realism and cra- like it's beautiful it, it the, the, yeah the way they paint with 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 light and color it's it's ridiculous it's it's cinematic again we keep using well, that that phrase yeah yeah but we, we're gonna we're gonna have to find a better phrase a better adjective because we're gonna be using this a lot i know because, um even just the shot of uh when he wakes up i'm not sure if it's the real time when he wakes up or he's the one where he's like sort of dreaming but um when he goes out to he opens the door to his vineyards you know his the, the field and he has these bright colors yeah, it's so vibrant the sun and, like, going through the window and all that stuff it's just ridiculous and if you like even the 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 shots of of the vineyard and the house if you put them side by side with what we saw in next gen you know not <laughs> standard non-hd and and then and it's like it's 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 night and day it's just incredible no, what they've yep. done so that's the background of the of what everything is happening with that background you know historically but the story itself is him in the vineyards he's living pretty much alone with some helpers that i think are romulans because they they look yeah. like vulcans they have the vulcan ears but Again, because the story involves this, and I think the way they speak to him, that you know, in terms of how he he's a good man and he tried to help us and blah blah blah. I guess that's where we're going with that. Yeah, I wish they would have expanded upon it because I wasn't sure who these guys were. Yeah. I, I thought I missed. Like, I thought I missed like maybe like a, a TNG episode. Or something no, 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 no. This. Uh, yeah, this is I, brand I, new. Um, and and then like you mentioned, he is having these dreams or these hallucinations, if you will, where he's playing cards with data and and he sees data painting next to a again a lot of these shots are from the trailer and he starts to make this connection of data painting a woman and at the same time again we're being told like two or three different stories at the same time there's this girl in in boston out of all places uh you know futuristic boston and she's with her boyfriend and she's attacked and her boyfriend is killed and they try to, I guess, kidnap her. These these attackers, these very uh, militaristic, uh, secret uh, yeah, all, agent all type. Yeah, black. They have all, yeah, yeah. All black helmets, masks and you know, all kinds of weird weapons. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they, they they put a hood over her head. They say something about she hasn't been activated yet, or something like that. And all of a sudden, it's like a Jason Bourne movie. She yeah. kicks every. He kills all of them while she's wearing a hood. She can't see anything, but all of a sudden, she has all these like powers to do all these incredible, you know, uh, martial arts and stuff like that. And when everything stops, she's she's still terrified because her, her boyfriend's dead and she doesn't know what just happened and how she did all this. So now she gets, I guess, an image in her head that she has to find Picard. Yeah, yeah. She's she, like, just to make the distinction, like, like when, when she like goes into her like fight mode, like she, I don't think she, like, like she, she, she's not aware that she could have done no. all that stuff. Like, there's like a definitely you can tell there's like a like, a, first like a, off and on switch. Yeah, there. right, right, right. So she's looking for him, and Picard's still having these dreams, and she appears. You know, she finds her way into the vineyard, and she starts talking to him, and he's trying to figure out who she is. And he offers her to come and, you know, stay at my house. You know, I'll take care of you. To, you know, I'll give you a place to sleep. I'll feed, you know, we'll feed her. And they're all welcoming her. But I guess at a certain point, she decides she wants to leave because she's still looking for something else. She's not sure what exactly is going on. So after she leaves, Picard is still trying to figure out who she is because something in, you know, something just won't let go. And it has to seem, it seems to have some connection to data. So he goes to Starfleet Archives, which is the first time we actually see, like I was telling you earlier, 
Starfleet-ish looking location with, with all the advancements and the futuristic stuff. We get to see those new uniforms we talked about a couple of episodes ago. You know, everybody wearing the new stuff and all the technology. And he goes to this, and again, it also reminded me of um, Blade Runner, a place where they have these archives and he's being walked through all these kind of like library looking things by a hologram that at first it looks like a human, but it's really a holographic image. And they bring him into a room where it's like, the Picard archives and we see things from many different episodes uh, from the past which I believe I've seen online that during the promotion for this show the items in this archives were touring the country at different conventions so you could go and see the the Captain Picard sign you know the (laughs) Captain's Day or something Picard Day there's uh, models of the ships the Stargazer is there there's different models of the uh, of the Enterprises there's a Batliff uh, there's uh, a book, I think it's like a Shakespeare book. And, and amongst the archives, he finds a painting of a woman that looks a lot like this girl. And then he has, an, again, an, I guess one of these one of these flashbacky kind of hallucinations with Data painting. And I'm not sure exactly how, but he makes the connection that this girl seems to be maybe related to Data, correct? Uh, yeah, and I think he asks he he asks the um, the sort of AI guide yeah. about the painting, and and the and the guide uh, tells him that um, that the painting is called Daughter. Daughter, uh, yeah, and that's, that, there and, it and is. Then, that's it. It's very cryptic, so, he, so uh, it sort of raises his you know eyebrows, like well, what is what is that supposed to mean? But the, the connection somehow is made with Data because he's the one. Yeah, painting yeah, he's the one painting I was in, thinking, the, in the dream. Does this mean his daughter? Picard's daughter maybe could could this be a daughter he doesn't know but no it appears to be I mean we're, we're now pointing in the direction that this might be related to data so uh, she goes looking for him again and I think they meet somewhere and as they're meeting and talking like in a in an outdoor courtyard she's attacked again uh, and this time it's weird because this time the attackers she she kind of like nullifies all of them but then one of them it almost like he spits acid at her or something and and she gets coated in some kind of weird chemical that makes everything heat up and she explodes with the, the, she's holding a gun and the gun explodes and she explodes so i i wasn't too sure exactly how that happened did, did you yeah, get any he, better sense he, of that yeah i i, I was wondering that too because i thought because when i think when they're attacking them you, you find out that they're like the romulans like they're the romulans. Yeah. so uh, so then i thought like okay i guess Romulans, but I had no knowledge that Romulans had like acidic bloods. So, so I, no, I looked no. into it. I think it. there's something else. Yeah, we no, don't no, know no, yet. there is. When when she's attacking him, and it's very quick. I wish they would have shown us a yeah. little more. He bites down on like um, the one that she attacks. Oh. The, la- the last guy she attacks bites down on, like this ball in his mouth, and it, it bursts in his mouth. And then he spits it at her, and that's what happens. So, so like it's very okay. quick. You have to be, you gotta like pause it and freeze frame it. But um, you, you see, he actually he has like some sort of like suicide, you know, um, like gel ball. He bites on it and then spits it back at her. So after this, he's back at home. She's dead. She turned to like oh ash. yeah, she, she, yeah she, she completely she's vaporized. <laughs> yeah, and so he's back at home and he's you know he's all depressed and trying to figure out what happened. So he decides that he wants to go to, I believe it's called the Daystrom Institute in Okinawa, uh, to meet with a doctor there to ask her questions about you know is it possible could this be now the reason why this is the 
the place he's going is because I believe there was at least one episode in TNG where, if you remember, Data is being tried to see if he's sentient. And the, the rep from uh, Starfleet was Bruce Maddox. That's the name of the guy, of, of the character. He only appeared once, but he's referred to a number of times. And he was there to kind of prove that Data was just property. And, you know, by the end of the episode, it's like a, a court episode. By the end of the episode, when, they, when they're done defending him, I guess they judge that Data is, is, it is a sentient being, so they can't, like, dismantle him. <laughs> But through the TNG episodes, there are episodes where Data talks about him still being in contact with Maddox, trying to help him figure out, you know, his origins and all that kind of thing as far as, you know, android research. Well, here, this institute he goes to to find out more about what's going on, he meets with Dr. Agnes Girardi who used to apparently work with Maddox. So they're making this connection now with this prior character that, that I guess it's an original TNG character. And he's asking her about, you know, all the research that they've done. And she says, well, yeah, you know, everything kind of stopped after that Mars incident. You know, all the research was banned because they didn't want anybody, you know, going into Android robotics or anything like that. Yeah, and you see like the office like all empty, all the research and development Yeah, everything's stuff. covered in plastic and stuff. Uh, but what he's really trying to find out is, is it possible that this this individual could have been created as a result of the, the information that, that they got from Data, you know, in the past? And as we understand, Data more or less dying at the end of uh, Nemesis, but his his twin, um, what was it, before? Before, yeah. Before, that they happen to have in a drawer. Yeah. You know, she opens up a drawer and there's all the different parts. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty creepy. It's like... <laughs> which we don't understand exactly what that means because at the end of Nemesis, B4 is assembled. Yeah, he's alive I guess and well. May, yeah, maybe I guess at, at the point where, where this thing happened in Mars, somebody decided they had to disassemble him. Maybe. Yep. I don't know for sure yet if that's what they're hinting at. Yeah, I was thinking maybe after the attack on Mars, maybe in order to like hide or something, or they he voluntarily was disassembled, and maybe there's some sort of like you know memory or knowledge locked inside him that they have to reassemble yeah. him or something. That's why um, maybe. But the thing that makes her different than than a, let's say another data type of robot is that she has organic body. So that's the mystery: is that could the research have gone so far at that time that they could create? And again, this is so Blade Runner territory, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Could they have created an android that is practically, you know, unrecognizable from, from a human being, being exactly the same, more or less? So that's, that's where they are, uh, they're kind of at. And another thing, he shows the doctor this necklace that the, this, this girl left them with, like two rings, one inside the other, yep. and to see if she knew anything about that. And it's apparently the symbol for twins. So now he's thinking, wait a minute. Is it possible that she has a sister? Because did, did she mention anything about a sister or no? Yeah, I think it, when in the early in the episode when she calls her mother for help, doesn't her mother? Her mother, I think, refers to her like, very quickly. I think like something about like her sister or something. Okay, so but, so but we, we, don't, we definitely don't see her. It's definitely not like like you know focused on. Yeah, not not while we're watching the the body of the episode. But at this point, that's the question: Could there be a, another one of these type of possible androids running around? You know, another twin, for example. So from there, everything kind of winds down and, and then they cut to a girl that looks just like her <laughs> in some facility. Kind of, it, it's almost like it's her first day there or something because she's kind of getting familiar with the location and she's met by another doctor. I, I forget the name of the actor 
this other doctor <laughs> this guy, or scientist, this... but it's the guy from uh, Penny Dreadful who played Dr. Frankenstein. Oh, is, oh if you watch just, that show, there's something about it. He just looks so like out of place. Like everybody, yes. everyone else in the show looks, you know, like okay, this is a Star Trek show. I'm doing, <laughs> this guy looks so for whatever reason. He 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 reminds me of like like a cosplayer who who put on some Vulcan ears, <laughs> like some Robin ears, to, like make him look like I like, he. I don't know. There's something weird about him. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, like I said, I, that's what I know him uh, the most from from that show from Penny Dreadful. So he's kind of talking to her, and he's—you can tell—he's—he's—he's he's, he's not exactly hitting on her, but he's kind of getting very involved with her. He's very open to to this new person. Like I don't know if somebody would be that friendly to the new person. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's—they're kind of touring the the facility, and then we take a wider shot and a wider shot, and then we realize this is like you see tubes and connections yeah. and all kinds of of industrial looking, you know, stuff. And as you go super, super wide, you realize they're inside what looks like to be a, a damaged Borg cube. Yep. So you're like, oh, boy, yeah. Here and, we go. and also, there's a whole bunch of like bombing and ships flying. I, I, it looks like they were in like a hangar or something because you see like ships yeah. taking off and like they're all, it's all like Romulan, you know, esque looking. So it looks like the Romulans have like gotten this Borg cube and are like doing a whole bunch of like repairs on it and like definitely like safeguarding it. It, it looks, it's a really cool ending shot. So, you know, we're getting closer now to what's going on. We have the history of the Romulans, you know, being all pissed at the Federation, which, again, in one of these articles I was reading, it kind of gives more weight to even the, uh, the, the the bad guy from the J.J. Star Trek. The fact that, he, you know, why is he such a pissed off Romulan that he wants to kill him? Okay, it gives it more weight that, yeah. that uh, this is an event that really strained whatever relationship they had, made it even worse now uh, because they feel abandoned. At least some of them, I guess, feel abandoned because he does have these people that live with him that seem to be his friend. But now we're talking about the Federation banning androids and the Romulans getting deep, deep into Borg technology. And in the middle of it, you have this girl that is the twin of a possible data child <laughs> so it's like whoa there's a lot of elements at play here yeah and i'm, I'm, I'm really glad they did this too because the, the way they did it is they, they sort of have tied this like you said to the jj verse now so that gives it that yeah. a little more weight and we're still looking ahead to the prime timeline like the main timeline so they sort of touched upon two different areas and yeah. i think they did it very well uh very clever and, and we know they're going to hit multiple shows because by bringing in uh, Seven of Nine at some point, yeah, we're talking, we're talking Voyager. You know, I I hope that, and you know, obviously, you know, everybody's like, well, is Worf going to be in it, and is is Jordy going to be yeah. in it, and is this guy going to be? In it? And it's like, well, you know, you got a new show. You, the reasonable thing to do is to spread it. Yeah, all yeah, out. yeah. Give, give it room to breathe seasons, as well. Right. You can. I mean, these guys. A lot of the like, uh, obviously, Jonathan Frakes directs. Jordy, he's a director. You know, all these guys are either going to end up in front of the camera or behind the camera. Yep. And we know uh, Riker and Deanna uh, are going to show up very soon. Yeah, yeah. We've seen it in so, the trailer, so. And that's another cool thing I enjoy. The fact that they were pulling, you know, like the Dystrom Institute and this this doctor, you know, stuff from 
from the past. Now, granted, we can jump into the fan service conversation that we had recently about Star Wars. Oh, I was just about to say but, that. Okay, so when is that line <laughs> going to be crazy? I, I'm fine with that. I'm cool with that. I, I, you know, but yeah, give it to us to me. Sure, whatever. I, I don't, I don't as, know as long why, as it's done, it, as long as it's done in a way that's not like you know they're only doing it to you know to sell you on something. If if it's done in, in good fun and it's it's done in a respectful manner, I'm I'm a okay with it. I think that Star Trek has. Because it was a television show, I think they have so much more material to mine than to just hit the... Like, oh, we got to have Khan. Khan has to be in it. No, no, you don't have to. There's so much other, you know, B and C level material that they can mine for for little callbacks that is not just like in your face, like... Well, you you know you no you can't have Khan appear in this show. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, no, and that, that's something that I think we hit hard with into with Star Trek Into Darkness because you know the whole thing where they tried to make keep it a secret. And, no, 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 it's really Khan, guys. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it just is came him. off. It's not yeah, him. It is yeah, him. it came off a little too heavy handed. So I, I think if they can balance and you know walk that line between giving a, giving the older fans a little bit of something to chew on and and you know and, like in fact what they did here in this episode when they had like the room of all this stuff and belongings it made sense because mm-hmm. you know obviously you know a lot of stuff a lot of stuff from his past he would he would want to keep in like in a vault or something but it, it just ha- it just so happened to be that he walked in there and there it all was and there it is so. now now let me let me nerd out for a second because you know what what would our show be without having a a, a nerd moment <laughs> the stargazer as everybody very well remembers, <laughs> was in his office and it was painted yellow. The stargazer they show us here is a model looking like real color stargazer. So I have a feeling what happened was they used the real model of the stargazer as the display in his <laughs> office. Now, when they should have used the original yellow junky one to make it more, you know, <laughs> love, so it's, it's, more it's realistic. And, um, actually, more like, um, actually. This, the original yeah, Stargazer. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good, mean, good catch. It's okay. You know, there's, there's some things we can bring. I'm, this The same thing happened to me when, they, when I was watching, I think, Stranger Things season one. The kid, you know, it's the 80s, and the kids are... They're playing with a Millennium Falcon toy, <laughs> but guess what? It wasn't a Kenner. They used a Hasbro modern oh, one, and people online were like, "What the <laughs> hell? They have to fix this. They have to go back and re-edit it and put the real toy. You can't use a 1990s version in 1984." <laughs> <laughs> so yes, as much as I love that ship, which I am actually going to be doing a show about the Stargazer and some other ships in the future, they should have used the yellow one from from his office. What else? Let's see. The dog. I wonder if the dog's going to appear. I wonder if the dog's going to go with him. He's got oh, a dog named so. yeah, number I one. So. I actually, I actually, I, I, I'm not a big, I'm more of a cat person. I've never been into mean, dogs, but I actually <laughs> like this guy. I, I hope he doesn't stay segregated to uh, the, the Chateau Picard. Just yeah. Been, yeah. I, I read somewhere that he actually wanted to adopt that dog while yeah. they were shooting the, the series, but he couldn't bring it back to England. Because England has a ban on pit bulls, apparently. Oh, really? So he couldn't bring him back. So he's he couldn't adopt them the way he wanted to adopt them. So that's that's a, a weird... I didn't know that. Yeah, I know that yeah. England had a ban on pit bulls. That's interesting. So, again, this is just the first episode. And we were told already, you know, ahead of time, this isn't going to be the space show that, that we used to have. You want space show, you watch Discovery. Discovery is all about oh, space sorry, stuff. The, the, the battles know, and the... adventure. Yeah. This is a little more character driven and, you know, situations you are. I mean, even this episode had plenty of spacey looking stuff that was really cool. But 
so far so good. As far as I'm concerned, this is a great start. Oh, it's a brilliant start, and 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 I'm glad you brought that up because I was hoping that it wouldn't be. Like I, I, I like the pitch of the show where it was going to be focused on Picard as a man, and you know, not just you know him battling and getting the, the, the gunfights and everything. I really yeah. like that concept because we have this, like you said, we have Discovery for that. You know, Lord knows Discovery has a lot of yeah. battles. You know, that last episode with the Section Thirty One drones and the bat- that was that was enough. Oh, I'm, I'm glad I like it. It's good, but I wanted to focus on a show that had more, a bit more deeper dive into like. You know what makes Starfleet and you know a captain and why he these sort of like big decisions that he would have to go through, and even just you know just the shots of you know around the city and everything were great. So I, I really, so I oh, really yeah. like the way this is shaping up, and and we do have a like you said we do have a, it looks like there's going to be setting up something with the Robin space battle. So there's going to be something there, but. I just hope they still focus on the characters. Right, and we know again from the trailers and stuff that he is going to be hiring or, or aligning himself with a crew of like individuals. Almost, it's almost kind of like a magnificent seven kind of thing. Yeah. Where I think he's going to be like hiring them one at a time for their specialty. That they are all going to then go and try to solve this mystery. You know, whatever this, whatever the mystery of this season happens to be, that's what they're going to be doing. So I'm, I'm glad uh, that's the direction we're going. Uh, one more thing I want to add is that while I was watching that episode, I was drinking out of my Chateau so Picard uh, wine bottle <laughs> that we got for Christmas. I think I, yeah, I, I got it for my wife, actually. And I said, listen, this is, I know, you know, we like to drink, you know, we like wine, but we're saving this for the premiere of Picard because you see this <laughs> label here. This is to, this has to look exactly <laughs> like, and it was, I, I like, I'm glad that I, we, we only drank about half of it. I drank most of it, my, you know, uh, on my own. And then I still have half a bottle left for episode two. I am, uh, and and we talked about this off off air, but when I, uh, I'm definitely going to keep that in mind to get myself a bottle. I really want the United Federation one, though. I want the the United Federation. What yes, is it? The, the Federation have, Reserve, yes. I think. I really, ah, uh, yeah. Yes, yes, and I think I think the Federation Reserve. I think because I haven't opened it yet. I think it's kind of like a. Uh, uh, White Zinfandel. It's yeah, like a lighter I think I'm one. Do that. The the one that I drank is is red. It's red wine. I mean, I'm not a wine expert, so to me, it's just it's all the same. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, and and it's weird because if you go to the website, I think it's you go StarTrekWines.com or something. They, they, I think they only make them at certain times of the year. I think, and there's a certain limited amount that they're allowed to sell per state, and each state has a different law as to how you can sell wine online there's this whole yeah. weird thing where some states you you need an adult to be able to sign in for it and, and you click on what state you are and they they'll display the the law and the rules of how you can accept this wine i think there's a few states where you can't so i i, I never bother looking so check check the website to see if it's available in your in your state and if there's a limit of how many bottles they actually uh are able to sell per year per it, yeah it's really weird it's starchuckwines.com if you guys are interested yes, and, and, yes. and i mean there's only two versions of it but wow it looks Looks so good. And they have like it looks like they have like wine glasses and sweatshirts you can get. It's uh, yeah, and it's it's again it's uh, again I'm not a wine expert, but it's expensive t- to me anyway. You know I know there are super expensive wine. But I mean I can get a you know a five seven dollar wine bottle if I go to like a, a store around <laughs> here, but uh, these are these could cost you up to a hundred bucks. Yeah, you know, for yeah. Two bottles. So. So they do sell cases, you know, six or like twelve or something for like 
four or five hundred dollars or or nine hundred some ridiculous no 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 no, no. <laughs> just one you know one's enough one's fine you know and and i'm gonna do and i told you this i'm gonna do the same thing i did with my skywalker bottle once i'm done drinking it i'm refilling oh, yeah. it with water putting some food coloring in it resealing the bottle shake it up and put it on display <laughs> Because I'm really more interested in the bottle. Yeah, than the yeah, wine. no, the same. Yeah, I, I mean, I love wine. I, I, I drink at least one glass a week. But uh, and I, I say like it's like a, a lot. But one or two glasses I have per week. I'm doing the weekends. But uh, I, I want the bottle. To be, yeah, to be honest, it's a, it's a. They did a good job. I mean, it's a label, but they, it's a, they did a really good job. It, it matches perfectly. You know what we saw not only on the trailer but on the show. When, when you see that close up of the bottle itself, it's they, 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 they nailed yep. it. It's really cool. Anyway, we will continue uh, obviously talking about this and all the other because we got, we got a whole bunch of other Star Trek related. There's a Section Thirty One. There's the animated stuff. There's other stuff yet, you know, on the pipeline that we, they haven't really talked about yet. Uh, you know, other possible shows. So you know, we'll continue to update you guys on the future of not only this and and Discovery, but all the stuff that's coming in the future. Yep, can't wait for it. It's going to be uh, really really interesting to see where this show goes. Oh, yeah. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I'd like to thank Steve, as usual, for joining me. We finished off the short treks. We started Picard. Man, we got a lot of stuff to go through. There's so many more topics on the horizon. This new Picard show, we're very excited about. Very strong start. Can't wait where the show takes us. There's just so much stuff. We just we were talking about it earlier, about how there's just so many shows out there now. And a lot of them, or a majority of them, are from streaming services that kind of have overshadowed, you know, network television, and to a certain extent, even cable television. So, these are very interesting times that we are living in when it comes to, you know, where do we get our entertainment from? But, this is just the beginning. Between Star Wars and Star Trek, there's a lot of content coming our way. So, until next time, thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon here at GeekFest Rants. Bye-bye, everybody. A few hours ago, the Enterprise picked up a distress call from the USS Bowman. I need you to let me out of here. You're a prisoner. Your orders carry no weight anymore. Cadet, I am giving you a direct order to release me. That only applies to an active captain. When this is all done, you will never see the inside of a starship again. If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at Geekfest Rants. I don't know what we're yelling about! Geek Fest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2020. This broadcast is part of the IC Robots radio network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. <laughs>